Hello and welcome to the second episode of OUG Talks. And on this episode we, well, me and Matt join up and we have a chat with Ross Briley. Basically he's like a PR game, uh, but he tells you exactly what he does in the chat. And we talk mainly about Cubix HD, which is an old like PSN mini sort of game that was on PSP, I think, and on PlayStation 3. And it's been redone up, and it's now got its Steam release. So basically, we just have a like a half-hour chat with Ross. So hopefully you'll enjoy this, and thank you. And yeah, that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. We've got a quick interview side, so first of all, it's just me, David, with Matt. Oh. And we've got a special guest. I was just sort of like looking at your name there, and I was like, I, I went to school with someone called Briley. All right. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the same person, because you're like much further south than what I probably am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got Ross Briley. So first of all, if you just want to say like, basically who you are and what do you do? Right, I'm the I'm Ross. I'm the community manager, PR person, and games tester, various other things at Ghostlight and Laughing Jackal. Um, we publish Japanese games on PC and on console, and we also develop our own games as Laughing Jackal. Right, so that's a lovely skill range you've got there. <laughs> yeah, I, I've. Done pretty much everything. Helped in the warehouse. Um, wow. You're the, you're the handyman of the group. <laughs> uh, dog's body, I think. But <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I was going to say one man doing PR and game testing. That just sounds horrible. I, I started out as a tester about coming nine over nine years ago now. And about five... Um, six years back, I was asked if I, I wanted to do try sort of doing the PR and community management because we'd sort of been for a few people and they got to me. Um, I wasn't hugely keen at first. It's like socialising, can't be having that. But it's like <laughs> try it for a month, and so I sort of did sort of jazz winning, and I kind of enjoyed it. So I've sort of stuck with it ever since. Fair enough. So you've been with Laughing Jackal since 2006, then? Uh, January 2007, I think I joined. All oh, right, so not not that long after they actually founded, then. Yeah. They, they were 2005, they were founded 2005. Yeah, it was pretty soon after. Um, although... But actually, they were sort of formed from Midas Interactive, who've been around for donkey's years, but haven't done anything. Yeah, a while. Uh, Ghostlight came from them as well, so they're both sort of spun off from that. Oh, nice. All right, it's good to have you here. And obviously, we're going to be having a bit of a chat about uh, Cubix, because it's an incredible game. Because <laughs> I was the one, I was the one that got like I took the code for. Uh, the one-up team, um, 
and I, I actually really enjoyed it. Cubix HD is um, a fantastic, albeit um, horrendous game because it, ma- it makes you want to kill people. Mm, I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's one of my favourite laughing Jack games. I mean, it was sort of the first non-mini laughing jackal didn't pout themselves mm. um back on ps3 and that would have been 2010 2011 or something like that 2011 yeah and now for like from five years later it's come to the pc yeah it's it's not it was very nice going back to i'd kind of forgotten how much I actually enjoyed playing it because I hadn't really looked at it about four years. It's like, mm. I remember this. <laughs> I have to ask though, like why, why the like nearly half decade gap? It was a combination of a few things. First of all, it's, it was, I think, one of our favourite Laughing Jack games. So I've always kind of wanted to do something with it, but there's nev- it's never quite... We've never quite had the time. But with Ghostlight sort of being in between a couple of projects and there not being something new on Laughing Jackal's plate at the moment, we sort of had a gap. And since we've been... So we sort of decided, why not do it now? Well, that makes sense. So I'm presuming that you were one of the poor people that had to test Cubix HD originally. Yep, I was... Uh, yeah, I was one of the two main testers on that, I think. It was... How much, it, how much, of, you, like, how much of your hair did you pull out? <laughs> well, I've certainly got a lot less now than when I started testing it, so... Yeah, it was. It's a tough game. Uh, actually, my most challenging mode to test was seven players, just because trying to what? get enough enough PS3 controllers. Yeah, I imagine so. I think I think the worst one for me was um, line attack, simply because I kept getting to the stage where I had one that was going all around one side of the cube, and you had that horrible moment where. You were trying to go round the enemies, but at the same time, you didn't want to like. T- if you touched yourself, you die, obviously. And yeah. I, I kept like crashing into myself or crashing into something else because they kept like you can't quite predict where they're going to go, and that's yeah. why it makes it a little bit more intense because um, you can almost tell where they're going to go, but there's always like a random aspect that just makes them like they shift to the side and. Yeah. I just I spent about half an hour just trying to do line attack. At which point, I on the leaderboard because obviously I was doing this just after it was released on the PC. Yeah. And on the leaderboard, uh, I think I got to number one actually, and I don't know if I'm still there, but I did get to number one. Yeah, line attack is brutally hard to get the really highest scores. I was terrible at it. Our producer. He, wasn't there for the PC version, but on the PS3, he used to be really really good at it he used to come with massive snaking things that just sort of weaved across the side of the cube i've no idea how he managed to pull it off but yeah it's it's not easy yeah so i I think i'll 
just interrupt a little bit because a lot of the people who might be listening won't have any idea what Cubix HD is. Yeah, um, sorry, so, I neglected that. So I guess Ross, if you just want to do like the elevator pitch, just for what the the actual game is and how it plays, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, it's a bit of an old school arcade game. Uh, Partially influenced by Kicks. I don't know if any of you have played that, which was a very old arcade game where you used to cut out sections on a square because it was just a 2D plane. And we sort of took that, put it to 3D, and the goal is basically to draw draw lines, cutting out as much of a, a target percentage of a square and without being hit by the Kicks in the middle or any of the other enemies. And it's sort of fast-paced arcade puzzle type game. Sorry, I've so go going on outside, so I just got lost. To say. But uh, yeah, because I, I mean I've not played Cubics, but I think when you said Kicks, I I think that's the game I used to play. Oh God, was it on the Spectrum I used to play it on. Oh yeah. wow. Quite possibly. It is a very old game. But that I mean, there's a few other arcade games that were also sort of mixed in, but Kicks, I think, was sort of one of the major influences. I, there's, I two, there's two games that sound similar. One where it's like on a flat plane with grids. You've got to go around this, each square to like knock them out sort of thing. And then one that you're on about, I think... You actually draw your squares on the screen, and if an enemy hits it, it doesn't count. And you've got to try and cover the whole screen up. I compared it to Snake when I was reviewing it. Because it was the idea that it was um, something that was ridiculously addictive, simplistic, and yet... Um, it worked very well as a game because the mechanics meshed so neatly with this idea that people were going to come back and again and again and again to keep getting a higher score. So I I didn't play Kicks, but I have played um, a lot of Snake and I have spent far too many hours trying to complete that game. So it was it was the idea of um, I don't know, it, it really it really worked well did Cubics because on a um, I don't, on, on an aesthetic level at least it looked fantastic and then once you got into actually playing the thing you suddenly realised that it's not as cutesy and nice as it appears which was a nice front I'll give you that it was a nice disguise we we do seem to be quite good at getting that it looks quite cutesy but underneath yeah. that's quite brutal we've done that we've done that a few times uh, yeah I think a lot of people have the same thing with Flame Over, which looks like a sort of cute firefighting game, but at least a few reviewers sort of compared it to Dark Souls in terms of difficulty. Wow, that's a claim and a half to make. <laughs> I've just remembered that was the game that I reviewed, and I absolutely adored that game. I'm gonna, I'm, excuse me, I'm just going to take a moment to look this up, because you said Dark Souls, and I immediately want to know what this is now. It's uh... a... Yeah, it, Firefighting simulator, <laughs> but it's absolutely right. Brilliant. Okay, that, no, that sounds awesome. But um, Cubics is it's fantastic, and it really is something that not. It's not even. I, I wouldn't even class it as a time waster. It just 
as a time absorber because you can't really waste time in that manner because it's just it's just so much fun. So, I mean, I guess we'll get into some of the questions then. So, I guess I'll ask, first of all, are you actually happy with the new games that are reception? Uh, yeah, reviews have been very positive, uh, both from the press. I don't think we've actually had a bad one yet. And last I checked on Steam Review as well, all there weren't a massive amount of reviews, but all the ones on there were positive as well. So, people do seem to be really enjoying it. Which is always nice. <laughs> so, if you want to text the next one, Matt. Yeah, sure. Just give a sec. Pardon me for a second. My internet is just not cooperating. David, please take the next one. It's not working. Okay. So, is there anything that came about which you didn't expect with this new re-release? Not really. It was a actually a really really straightforward port. It took us. I think, I think from the point I first saw a build, it was four, five weeks until it was ready. I mean, I think there were builds before I saw it, but it was re- it went really smoothly. That's always good to hear. Um, that's something I wanted to ask actually. Um, how did you go about like altering like the formula that Kicks um, used originally? How did you kind of make that your own? I think the first thing was putting it on a cube so you've got the multiple faces and having and the combo system as well, meaning you sort of keep switching over faces to try and build your combo up and your your score through that. Yeah. Was I was sort of the basis of what made it the original Cubics, which was a mini, so yeah, a bit different and sort of made it stick out a bit more. And then with Cubix HD, we had a, a lot more, quite a few different enemies because Kicks didn't really have very many. Well, only had the Kicks in the middle. It didn't have the other things we've added. And they changed up the game from line chasers, which sort of mean you can't just sit off on the yeah. side somewhere and wait because you'll die. I do, I do <laughs> that a lot. Because the line line chasers, seekers, the actual cubics themselves, there's mini ones that go with them that you can kill. And then there was one more that I forget the name of. But it's that it's that sort of variety that really helps the gameplay because it, it makes it a lot more intense. I found myself um trying to like just escape the line chasers just by trying to box out the tiniest, tiniest little box ever, just to have move around the map. Yeah, for sort of creating little force in the corner, so you've got somewhere to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, rest. It's, I it's mean, horrendous. That, the line chasers kill me an awful lot because I sort of get to the side, switch off, stop paying a bit of attention, and then suddenly one's sort of whiz round the outside and mm. gets me. Yeah, I think but, it was stage. Um, nine maybe ten i think it was stage 10 actually where um, you spawn on a cube and then all around on every single edge there's three and it's just i was just looking at it going that's not fair <laughs> just looking at looking at the cube and going well that's just not fair but it, it, it really does add challenge it's brilliant yeah the more of a cube you cut away that face of the cube you cut away the faster they come round as well. 
Yep. So if you've only got this little bit left, it's really hard getting through that. Mm. Um, do you plan on, as like as a studio, making other like nostalgia reboots, as it were, in the future? We we have been thinking of porting some of our other laugh, Laughing Jackal games to Steam. Um, it's going to be very much as and when it fits in with our other games, but we'd certainly like to bring some of them. Vibes would be a good one, I think. I, I really quite enjoyed Vibes. Mm. Um, that was a sort of rhythm game. Uh, then... I mean, my personal favourite after that would, to do would probably be Ace Armstrong versus the Alien Scumbags, which is a sort of scrolling shooter, and it's another one of the looks quite cute, but, but isn't. isn't. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was so hard that we actually had to patch the mini to make oh, it wow. easier because no one <laughs> could get through it. I think hard difficulty is still the same as it was before. And I'm not convinced that anyone other than Al is able to complete it on hard. But on the easier normal, we had to make the hitbox smaller and enemies take less hits because wow. no one could. Yeah I, yeah, I can see how that would be a problem. But speaking of patches, though, because obviously QX is like quite a new release on the PC, even though it's been around for a while. Like you, you're obviously going to experience some problems. Have you got any like specific updates that like significant updates that Cubics can see in the future? Um, there's nothing planned at the moment. It depends what comes in in the way of bugs. Obviously, if if stuff if we get multiple reports of similar issues or just particularly nasty problems they will be patched out but at the moment touch wood we haven't had anything too bad so fingers crossed but we might not have to do too many patches but obviously if anything does come up it will be patched i was gonna say yeah there didn't seem to be any like glaring flaws in the in the game itself the only thing that i could really say was the fact that the multiplayer sessions were very finicky when you were trying to connect uh, multiplayer. I think it mentions it in the description. Multiplayer is actually local only. Oh, oh, that's odd. Uh, it's basically. I mean, the multiplayer is kind of a holdover from a PS3 version, it, which is why it's seven players max because that's the number of oh, controls. That's why right? Okay, it's localized. Yeah, it's local multiplayer only. I, I think it does say. I think it does say that in the description, but I think. We added to that to the description sort of a few days before release and before it wasn't quite clear. Ah, oh, right, okay. So I mean, I'm just wondering, will any of the mechanics from this title make it into any of the other games that you guys are making? It depends. I mean, we'd love to... I mean, we love the game. We'd like to revisit it again if it's... But it will, it will depend on how it does sales-wise, because... Well, obviously, you, <laughs> we need to be confident whatever we do next is going to at least make its money back. So it depends how it does. But we do we we love work. We loved working on it again. And if the opportunity came up, we'd certainly be happy to do another one. 
And I mean, I, I guess um, I, I'm almost certain that the Flame Over actually ventured onto the PS4. Yeah. Will this game also be venturing onto the so-called next generation of consoles? Again, it's probably going to depend on sales. Uh, nothing is planned at the moment, but if Cubix ends up doing really well for us, then we'll probably have to look into it, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. And I mean, I've got a couple of questions which are completely off the subject, and I just thought with you being like in PR and all the other bits and bobs that you've done, you might have a couple of ideas as to some of the answers. So, first of all, I'll just sort of say, EA let slip on an investor's call last week about maybe what the Xbox One and the PS4 sales for the consoles were. I'm just wondering, do you have any idea has one reason why the PS4 has almost all double the amount of consoles what the Xbox One has? I mean, I don't have any particular insider inside. I've got my own sort of... I mean, I think a lot of it was just a much stronger, clearer launch for the PS4 than, free, than the Xbox One, which th- things seemed a bit sort of unclear exactly what their policies were with um, used games, and there was a, certainly an emphasis on the Xbox One's non-gaming functions, whereas PS4 was primarily was pushed as a gaming machine that might also do other stuff. I think that helps. And then it's sort of price. PS4 was a bit cheaper at launch. It was it's a bit more powerful as well. So it's just a combination of factors. And I mean, I don't have any particular insight, but that's just how it seems on the out, seems to me on the outside anyway. Hmm. And the last question that I have got is, Again, something completely off-topic, but again, it it deals with like PR and everything. I'm just wondered when the Xbox announced that Rise of the Tomb Raider would be console exclusive to Microsoft. There was massive outrage between yeah, fans and the gaming press. But I just wonder why, when Sony do the exact same thing but do a real exclusive with Street Fighter Five, no one says anything. I'm bloodborne. No, Street Fighter Five. That's because that was multi-platform all the way up, just about same as like Tomb Raider. I'm just wondering why there was no massive outcry about this one. Not, not sure really. I mean, I, I can certainly. I mean, I can sort of see both ways why people. I can see why people don't like stuff being console exclusive because well, if you've got if you don't have that console then you can't play it i mean i can see what the attraction is for publishers and developers whether it's development funds a bit less risk and a bit i mean for obviously for smaller companies and this doesn't apply to capcom or square enix but for smaller publishers like us it's a lot easier to target one platform over the other as for why one would cause the upset and the other wouldn't don't not really sure. Um, I mean, I think it's the, especially with the Tomb Raider one. I think the gaming press has got a lot to answer for because they, especially the first year and a half of the Xbox, they seem to just to basically report on all the negative aspects of it, 
And I think I that's mean, what's happened in the last couple of years, why Xbox has done so badly. I mean, with this specific one, I, in my experience, uh, while obviously most, a lot of people in the gaming press and in the industry itself love games and have their own sort of biases, I've not really noticed too many who sort of really pro one company or anti the other. But I mean, I think, Certainly early on, one of the reasons that Xbox got a lot of mixed coverage was that the message just wasn't always very clear what they were trying to say. But in this particular case, it's I honestly don't know why um, one would cause more upset than the other. Right, and so, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was just... Uh... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just a funny thing. I just like I thought I'd get a different perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of a bit out of the way of much of the rest of the industry. We're sort of stuck out, stuck out in some offices in Braintree. And I mean, I do know a few sort of other community managers and people in games, but we are a bit out of the way, so we don't get. We're probably not the people to go for for hot industry gossip. <laughs> Right then, so before we go, if you'd just like to mention how people can get hold of Cubics and any of your Twitters and things like that you'd like to mention. Okay, yeah. Cubics HD is out now on Steam, where it's priced at um, $8.99. I can't remember what that translates to in pounds. And And is six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Also available on the PSN store for PlayStation 3. And if you don't have either of those, if you've got a Vita or PSP, you can pick up the original Mini, which doesn't have a lot of the... It only has 10 levels, doesn't have a lot of the enemies. But if you want to get an idea of a basic game, you can pick that up as on PSP and Vita. If you want to find... Laughing Jackal on Twitter, it's uh, at laughing <laughs> underscore Jackal. Uh, very complex, that one. <laughs> Ghostlights can be found uh, at Ghostlight Games. So, yeah, we're really original with it. And mine is at Ghostlight underscore Ross. If you want to catch up with me on Twitter, I tell you, what, I don't know if any one of you guys knows who was the team who made the last Need for Speed game. Wasn't that Ghost Light, a Ghost Summer? It was Light. Uh, I'm not sure who did it, but it wasn't us. <laughs> oh no, no, it, it was a team made up of former former Crytek teams, and they're headed in Sweden. But I'm sure it was mm. Ghost Summer, but I can't remember. It's just that's all I can think of now. So basically, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if if someone wants to give us money to make a need for speed, we could try. But but I'm not sure we're really saying. I'd I'd like to see need for speed on a three-dimensional cube. That would be awesome. I I was thinking a sort of firefighting type thing where you're going around dressed as a fireman putting out fires. So GTA. 
<laughs> Just so people don't think I'm crazy, it was Ghost Games who did Need for Speed. Yeah, I'm, I've just seen that on Wikipedia now. I sort of had a look myself. Everyone quickly goes to the internet to check their own the same. There we go. So, thank you, Ross. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Thank you. Right. See ya. Bye. Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say... I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.